0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen,
1: and with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum Card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Bara pa 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 En McDonald's Participantes por tiempo Limitado.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Wrestling with Freddy. Today, we have a special guest because he's a fan of wrestling, just like me. He may have zero, zero in-ring experience. However, he's known across the world. In Mexico, they call him El Nariz. In Colombia, they call him, well, they also call him El Nariz. And everywhere else, he's known as the Great Hilwani.
3: Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddy, Freddy
2: Prince Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, the good friend of the show, Mr. Ariel Hawani. How are you, sir?
4: Oh, I'm doing so well. It is such an honor to be here. I would argue that I'm the biggest fan of this program. My routine is every Wednesday morning as I drive to do my show, the MMA Hour, I listen to you. And I love story time with Freddie. I mean, you are one of the all-time great storytellers. The interviews are great. AJ Lee's great, all this stuff. But to hear you tell these stories with the passion and the detail and the exuberance of something that happened 11 years ago, you're telling it to us like it happened yesterday. It's amazing. I love everything about it. I can't get it enough. I'm sad when it ends. So it's a huge honor for me to be here. You, uh,
2: you've encouraged me a lot through this process. I told you about this project before I told anyone outside my wife. Um, and you've been so good to me throughout this. And I appreciate your advice. And, and, just, and just you saying yes and coming to talk today. I always have fun when I go and do your show. Um, I wish I was like a regular guest that came in and did like your bets or something. But I don't know anything about gambling. So <laughs> that wouldn't work out well. But I'm glad to have you on because you love professional wrestling and i learned this by watching your show and seeing you and the great daniel cormier go in on one of the one of the great ones oh no the rock's the great one but one of the one of the also great ones booker t and you guys didn't back down at all you were good on the mic you were like I had these old school manager eighties vibes where I was just like, Oh my, this is like, he's in the Crockett territory right now. Um,
4: when did you fall in love with wrestling? Well, first of all, what a great compliment. Um, before it's all said and done, before this journey called life is done i would i would love just just one time just let me be that old school heel manager. I would love to do it, and I think Daniel Cormier would be a perfect guy because of his you know his chops as the all american the olympian all that stuff um so I've grown up admiring those guys in particular Bobby the brain the slickster mr fuji paul heyman m v p now love those guys uh I remember i mean. My earliest days, just as a human being, involved wrestling. Like I remember vividly being at Avenue Video in Montreal. In the TMR shopping center. None of your listeners, except for the ones that grew up in Montreal, will know what I'm talking about. And there was the WrestleMania one box with Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. And I remember renting it. Um, And I was four years old. It was probably 86 that I rented it. It happened in 85, of course, but I was four in 86. And I remember telling my parents I wanted to rent this. And then I had a massive box of LJN toys, the old school ones, right? You know, like the rubber ones, massive box. And I would record cards. Like I would put the camcorder next to the ring and I would like lay out all the guys and I would do a whole card. I would let it run for like two hours and I would do all the matches. I would sit there with my legs crossed and do all the matches. And so, you know, eighty six like my my first memories of being a fan of anything is me being a pro wrestling fan. I'll never forget first grade, my birthday. They're having a house show at the Montreal Forum on a Friday night. And everyone in school was talking about it. Everyone was saying, they're going, they're going. And I wasn't going. And I was so bummed. I remember my friend wore a Hercules t-shirt to school. And I remember being so jealous that I wasn't going. And I remember that Friday night playing soccer with my brothers in the basement. And I remember seeing, so it was a basement. We had like some windows at the top. And I remember seeing some, some like legs walking by. And I was like, wait a second. I think that's my, and I'm in the first grade. I think that's my friend's shoes up there. So I run upstairs and all my friends are waiting for me in our kitchen. My parents got us all tickets to the Montreal Forum to go to the house show, my first event live. And I'll never forget my favorite guy was Brett the Hitman Heart. And he went up against Mr. Perfect and they went the distance and Brett was dead tired. He rolled over Mr. Perfect and it went one, two and the the, the the bell went off and they went to the time limit. And so it ended up being a draw. Like I remember this in my brain when I was a kid and I would get shot. Sorry for going long, but I get passionate when I talk about this. My mom said to me, think of something you love to make you not think of the shot. And I, th- my choice was Bret Hart winning the world championship before he ever won it for the first time. That's what I would pick to make me feel happy and forget about the shot. So these are my early memories of being a wrestling fan and, and why I think so fondly of it.
2: So what you said in the very beginning of the podcast where you said you just like to sit back and listen because you it feels like yesterday, that's literally what you just did. And it always brings me back to the magic of professional wrestling. And we're of an age pre-Montreal screw job, which I want to get into with you because you had the pleasure or the, the displeasure, depending on how you look at it, of actually being there. But when I was a kid... It was magical. It was real. I've never had a bad memory from a professional wrestling show ever. And so when, I, even when I worked there, and even on days that were awful days, like I still remember sneaking away like into the side halls where like guys would do run-ins and stuff, and I just watched the matches for free basically because as a kid we couldn't really, even though it was the most affordable ticket. My dad. Earned money for a year, and I promise, we didn't get any of it. So we grew up with nothing, man. My mom worked two jobs. So wrestling was sort of where I found my father figures, right? The guys I've always wanted to be big, man. I just wanted to be giant and buff just once. It just wasn't in the genetic pool for me. But I worshipped those guys. And then when I got to meet some of them and see their humanity and relate to them, it made it sort this will sound weird to everyone but you or other wrestling fans, it made the investment that I put in emotionally all worthwhile because The Undertaker was awesome, because The Big Show was awesome, because Sgt. Slaughter was awesome, even though he turned his back on America. Um, But it was a magical moment for me, and I didn't get to go see a show until post-Montreal Screwjob. I'm wondering, I want now, if you could... This is the only thing you have that I'm jealous of, okay? You, I'm not jealous of your martial arts connections. I got martial arts connections too, baby. I'm not I'm not jealous of your Canadian connections. I got Canadian homies too. Shout out Keith Callum. Um, but you got to go to the match of all matches, the most discussed match in the history of wrestling all around the world, regardless of what country you're from. Um, you were at the Montreal Screwjob. Can you? Do you remember what the day was like? Yeah, I remember so much. Tell me
4: ever what did you eat for breakfast? Like what? What happened? Okay, you know what's crazy about that story. So, '80s hardcore wrestling fan, hardcore, hardcore, hardcore. Around '94, now I actually fall out of love with wrestling and i fall in love with the nba i was a huge nba fan that was my big thing so like i started to love like nba nfl i was a big Knicks fan they were having a great year the bills were my favorite football team i was a huge montreal expos baseball fan so like i really started to get involved in um like the the regular sports right so like that era of 93 94 and it was kind of like an up and down era for you know wwf at the time they they they're trying to figure themselves out. Here comes, you know, WCW, all that stuff, and so I'm actually um, at my driving lessons course. Right, and side note about me: as you like to say, what do you like to? Say? What's the? What do you say when side, you, quests. side quest? They're side, side quests. quests. Yes, yeah. side quest. Uh, so I don't know how it is where where you grew up in Quebec. You have to pass your permit and then pass your actual test as a driver failed the permit twice, got it on the third time, failed the test four times, got it on the fifth time. I had to go back eight (laughs) times total to get this damn license. Um, Anyway, one of the times I'm sitting with my good friend Jason Tackofman and we're in the cafeteria after I failed another test of my permit. And he's telling me that the Survivor Series is coming to Montreal in November. Now, no pay-per-view had ever come to Montreal And I'm pretty sure at that point, I mean, there was maybe one or two in Canada, but never came to Montreal. And I grew up, the pay-per-views were never available live. Like, I remember vividly trying to find WrestleMania six somewhere and not being able to find it live. Like, I would always have to wait till the following Saturday afternoon, Maple Leaf Wrestling. You know, me and Gene would go through the results. And then I would have to wait a month till it came out Coliseum Home Video. So, like, the fact that a pay-per-view was coming to Montreal, even though I wasn't really following the product was mind-blowing, and we said we had to go. So we bought tickets, and we went. So he brings me up to speed. Now, we're at this 97, I'm 15. The internet is just starting, right? And so we're somewhat aware of what's going on, but we're not so aware. And I'll never forget, I remember where I went to dinner the night before, actually, a restaurant called Weinstein and Gavino's in downtown Montreal. Like, I remember everything about that weekend. And I remember going, and the first thing that hit me were all the signs in the crowd. Because again, I hadn't really been watching the product. So it was the era of like all the neon signs. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like this wasn't a thing five years ago. And I remember like a few things hit me. The oddities, I was like, "Whoa, these dudes came out with like a Cartman doll and stuff. That's freaking weird. I remember Sable, I'll be honest. (laughs) I'm 15 years old. And like this woman comes out in the leather outfit. And you're like, holy shit. This is not the wrestling that I grew up in in the 80s. Like, It was like mind-blowing for a teenager. Um, And so I remember Sonny. I remember all these things. I remember Kane. And then I remember the main event. And now, so Bret Hart was my favorite, like my first favorite athlete, right? I loved this guy. He was everything that I wanted to be. He's Canadian superhero, the coolest glasses, the pink. I love pink till this day, the hair, everything. And so I, I, and I know Shawn Michaels, of course, I hated Shawn Michaels, and so the people around us were telling us what was going on. And there were rumors that this was going to be the last match. And then, of course, it ends. Now, when you're high up like I was, you're not really quite sure. Like, did he tap? Did he not tap? Like, I can't uh, pretend like I knew exactly what Earl Hebner did. But I sure as hell stayed till the very end. And I remember vividly him trashing everything, trashing the, the the monitors, trashing the announce table. And then I remember him doing WCW with his hands, you know, with his finger. And I was like, what the hell? This is nuts. And so like, this is like a Sunday night and, you know, I'm in high school and stuff. I go home and I'll never forget going into my basement and being like open the world of internet wrestling just hit me scoops, and Raja WWF and reading everything. And that ignited. And then I became a bigger fan than I ever was. And I remember Brett screwed bread and all this stuff. And so it was funny, like it was my reintroduction and it was also what got me to fall in love once again with pro wrestling and get so far into it more so than I was as a kid.
1: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles, because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm honey German and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.
3: Terms and
2: conditions apply. Okay. So that's going to lead me to my next thing. Cause it's a, it's a section of wrestling that you and I disagree on, but for those who are listening that, that I, and I hear this a lot on social media, they're like, I don't know anything about wrestling. I just like hearing these stories. What Ariel just shared with you is so significant in the wrestling business because Every single thing about it changed. Until this moment, people within the industry did not comment on the fact that it was choreographed and the results were predetermined. It just wasn't discussed. People outside the business did. And all of a sudden, a promoter is going to lose his top wrestler to his competitor. So it's like the Lakers losing Shaq to the Celtics. Brett hated this man so much that he refused to do it. So the owner of the company, Vince McMahon, makes a choice that in a submission hold, he's just going to tell the ref, say that Bret Hart tapped and get me my title back. And they actually friggin' did this. And every wrestling fan on earth has obsessed over this. Every person in the business have done like four hour like deep dives on this and you're getting to hear it from someone who is actually there. And you said this moment is what brought you back and you fell in love with what was known and still is known as the Attitude Era of
4: wrestling, am I right? That is I mean like at that point now I was all in by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary Wrestling with Shadows, um but yes. it's about that story and and the build I mean the access that those guys got. I've seen that documentary maybe 15 times i love maybe my that and beyond the mat probably my two favorite wrestling documentaries so if there's any non-wrestling fans listening to this i highly suggest those and yes so at that point like i'm all in in canada at the time in montreal we didn't even get raw live raw would come on sometimes at 11 sometimes at 12 sometimes at 1am so it was like it was really tough in those days to be a fan and you guys were really lucky that you would get things live. You would get Nitro live. Like we didn't get that stuff live. Only like late 90s did it start to become, you know, a thing where it would actually be live for us as well. My family got a satellite dish, so it became easier. When I was in college, I was so lonely and I was so homesick and I had horrendous social anxiety to the point where like when I was living in a dorm my my first year, I would wait till like 2, 3 a.m. Until I heard no one in the hallways just to go brush my teeth so I wouldn't have to interact with anyone. I would eat almonds for dinner because I didn't want to go to the cafeteria and have dinner around any kids. My only friend was pro wrestling. I watched everything. I would even order the nine ninety nine Wednesday night TNA pay-per-views. If you remember that, every Wednesday they would do the TNA. I would watch that. No I love order CNA. Smackdown. <laughs> Raw. I was watching old WCW. I was going back into the archives finding it. like that was my only friend. In fact, I had a speech, um, a persuasive speech final. My persuasive speech was, "I am going to persuade you to order WWF Judgment Day this Sunday because it was the first time that both belts were going to be on the line. Chris Jericho ends up becoming the, you know, the undisputed champion. That was my project. And I got an A for it. That was like that's how hardcore I was about wrestling at that time. So uh, yeah, it was great. Like that era was amazing, and it's 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 a it's a thing that I hold near and dear to my heart.
2: Oh, I want to back up for a sec. Why do you think you got so? This was college. Why do you think you got so lonely? Was it did loneliness lead you to wrestling, or were there not wrestling fans there? Wrestling made you, led to the loneliness.
4: What, what, what was I'm sure it? there were fans that I could have bonded with that I could have watched things with. Uh, I was, I am very, very close to my parents and I'm very close to my mom. And uh, I wanted to go live this dream of going to see, I, I, I'm very goal oriented. And uh, and I believe like, you know, you only get one life and I don't want to be 85 and regret that, you know, I didn't go for it. And I was, I was taken by the magic of TV and like getting beamed into someone's home and people sitting around and watching you and you're, you know, Howard Cosell, right? Like I grew up idolizing these people. So um i wanted to go and i knew i had to go but it would break my heart seeing her cry when i would leave it would break my heart um missing like my friends in in the community that i grew up in in montreal no one goes away to college like it's not a part of the culture all my friends stayed home lived at home went and partied together like i missed everything and so i just felt really really um out of place and i felt like I was like sacrificing the personal life for the p- professional dream. And I just, it was crippling. I mean, I went to see a, a therapist that didn't work out. It was, it was really, really, it was the worst three years of my life. If I didn't do it, I don't know if I end up where I am now. So I'm glad that I did it. But I mean, th- that this was like, you know, get the F out time. You know, this was like, uh, WrestleMania 20. Like wrestling was the one friend. I mean, I had stacks of tapes. It was all I did. All I watched. All I thought about. It was the only thing that got my mind off of how depressed I was.
2: It's it's crazy, the emotional sacrifice that has to be made on a daily basis to pursue what people call a crazy dream. Right? Like to 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 accomplish something that big requires an amount of selfishness. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean you have to focus on self. The goal-oriented people, I think, understand this. And it's usually the people I click with the most. And oddly enough, every one of our guests have kind of broken this down (laughs) similarly to to the way you have. Um, But I remember when I was a young actor and booking movies, and they didn't shoot anything in Hollywood anymore because of tax breaks in other states and countries and things like that and i had to leave everything that made me comfortable i my godfather was bob wall who we just lost last week he passed away i apologize um oh no you know he was a wonderful man and and introduced me to so many so many other father figures that i had in my life but he was the 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 most predominant one for certain but i remember having to leave him and his wife and my two god sisters for my first movie and it was a small nothing part bro i had like three little scenes but it was a michelle pfeiffer movie so i was excited and i only i was there like six weeks i only worked like four days and every other day was just loneliness there was no cell phone there was no anything back then it was just loneliness and i remember just wanting to come home i wasn't getting to train martial arts there were no martial arts academies on nantucket They dyed my hair this crazy blonde color. So none of like the local hoity-toity shops would like serve me food. They were like, get out of here. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I don't want to look like this. I'm an actor in a movie. Get out of here, punk. I'm like, oh, my God. Like it was, I hated it. I bought a kite. I think I was like 19. I bought a kite and just went to the beach. Oh, my God. I was like, dude, I was like, yo, what is my life right now? But that's that sadness, I think, is necessary to accomplish big dreams. You know, it's not... There's nothing scary about not leaving. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you have a dream and it's a big one, it's going to be scary. You're going to be afraid. And putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation is the best way for you to grow and develop the, the emotional skills and the skills necessary for the dream itself. And then have them come true. And I look at, and I've watched your career forever, man. Like Bob Wall was the first investor in UFC one. He didn't make any of the billions, right? It was just a one time little deal, and they all took a bath on it. But like I've watched you from the beginning of your career, from the first time I saw you. Talk MMA and whatever year it was, dude. You were so young. You looked like just a punk kid, yeah. man. I just wanted to punch you in the <laughs> face. And I watched. I did, dude. And what? you didn't I like watched, me? I could, you just were like you were just young he's and just a little... I was like, man, he's like stirring it up, man. Yeah. And I was just, you know what I mean. And I was, I was so old school from Bob Wall and all you. those guys. You know what I mean. So it was just like, who is this guy? And then I just watched you like grow and grow, and I saw how much. You actually cared about the fighters, even though you had a job to do. And I found you to be and I don't maybe it's just the sport that allows you more room to kind of circumnavigate back and forth where you can protect the fighters, do your job, because it's very hard to protect an ego and to be a journalist at the same time. Right. Like it's it's just it's just difficult I've I've seen it from the other end where I'm like they didn't mean to be disrespectful but god that question is brutal and I just don't want to have to answer that. So it's it's tough and I've seen you be able to do that from a kid who was at the Montreal screw job to the to the highest of highs in the industry. Like you've done the corporate thing, you've done the build your own empire thing. Now you're in the happiness phase. Like it's just crazy. To see, and I would like to say that it's all because of Bret Hart.
0: As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel...
3: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: I won't say just Bret Hart, but it's all because of pro wrestling. I am not an MMA fan if it's not for pro wrestling. MMA, anyone who argues against the fact that MMA was born out of pro wrestling, MMA's roots are firmly entrenched in the world of pro wrestling. You are kidding yourself. There is no MMA without pro wrestling. I mean, just even going back to Antonio Inoki and Muhammad Ali in the seventies. Like it, it, this, that was a crazy fight. Yes, but. but but it was like the pro wrestler guy, you know, and who you know, who knows what was real, what wasn't. But the point is like this sport, the best of MMA is when it borrows from pro wrestling. Like the guys who are the biggest stars are the characters, are the guys who are larger than life, the entrances, all that stuff is all from pro wrestling. And then you have guys now like Israel Adesanya, who's like, yeah, I grew up in the Attitude Era and like The Rock and Booker T and he's freaking out because Booker's in the press conference. Like, look at him. Look at the showman that he is. Look at the star that he has become because he understands how to sell and how to promote and all this stuff. So yes, uh, you know, it's funny because... Post-graduation, I like went down the route of TV production and it led me to actually becoming good friends with kurt angle because i was working for spike tv and uh, i got to write like a little mini like a short film for kurt when he moved over to tna and we really uh developed a great relationship and in fact uh one of the things he told me early on was that i reminded him of brian Gewurz because of the syracuse connection because <laughs> I, you know he just said that to me and i was like i'll take that as a compliment um I've mentioned Brian on this podcast. Of course podcast, you have, yes. Um, and I've asked you about, you know, about Brian a little bit. But um, we became… Pro- he wanted to punch me in the face the way I wanted to punch you in I the face. I get it. I get it. I get <laughs> it. Kurt was the one who told me uh, about the Chris Benoit tragedy. He told me before yes. it got out. Like, that's how close we were. That he found out. He texted me about it. And the Benoit thing actually, like, soured me uh, on wrestling. Yeah. And uh, I would, like, you know, check in, check out, check in, check out. But really, like now, what got me back really into it, and it's been like the greatest joy, is pandemic hits. There's nothing going on. There's that WrestleMania (laughs) that you were, you know, the 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 one at the uh, performance center where Drew goes over. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, the 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 match between um, the Fiend and Cena was just like cinematic art, in my opinion. It was amazing. They took a
2: big chance with that, man. I, I don't know if every part of that match worked for everyone. And I'd heard a lot of people criticizing it, but I never slam people for trying to I take a it. chance and doing something different. I liked a lot of that parts of that. I like the AJ Styles yeah, Taker cinematic match as well. Like I like when people take chances. It's funny you mentioned the Benoit thing. You know, I've never talked about it on this podcast, but that Kurt Angle Chris Benoit match um in Boston is my favorite match of all time. And it was weird when It's not weird. When the Benoit thing happened, I felt, and still to this day, even with all the information I have about what actually happened with Benoit now, I still feel awkward sometimes saying that that's my favorite match ever. I'll still say it. You know what I mean? But I'd never seen two wrestlers make me think it was real the whole time since I was a little kid until I saw that match. And I was just like, they, they didn't stop moving for 25 minutes. Like it was it was the scene. And they tried the match again in LA um, and Shaq came in in the middle of the match and it kind of like sucked the energy from it. Um, so it wasn't the same, but it was like my favorite match. And Kurt Angle, like I, that's what brought me back to wrestling because I did not like the attitude mm, era. Okay. The matches I think are some of the best matches that have ever happened. But the storylines, I was always, maybe I'm a little bit older than you I just didn't click with him. I will say this. Russo's attitude era earned more money than probably every other promoter's era combined. (laughs) So I'm certainly in the minority and and wrong on this, but the storyline that I always loved was the milk truck, beer truck storyline. And I was so team milk truck. Like when they drove that in and critics of wrestling will say what I'm about to say is ridiculous. I thought that was the most creative response ever to the entire Stone Cold persona drinking beer, swilling, screwing up guys' promos on purpose with the yeah. wood and like knowing that it was gonna wreck guys. And then here comes, and I hated that. Like I hated I that Stone Cold would do that. And here comes Kurt Angle. And even though he was just there to save himself and integrity and all the eyes, right? To me, he was there to save wrestling from that. And when he sprayed him with the milk truck, I literally stood up and was like, "Oh my god, I love wrestling again!" And I, from that moment, I was like, "Okay, I'm
4: back. You guys got me oh, again." And I've
2: been Team Milk Truck ever it was since. So great.
4: Um, I mean, Kurt, what a great performer and 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 like I thought it was brilliant that they brought him in. At, you know, you would think babyface, right? Olympic gold medalist, America. The fact that they brought him in as a heel was brilliant. Actually, one of my great uh, memories is uh, No Mercy 2000, Albany, New York. My friends and I drew, drove from Montreal to Albany to go watch angle versus rock when angle became champion for the first time yeah. that was the rikishi uh you know hit and run with austin angle and uh we we loved angle angle was our guy and we we burnt a cd with just his theme song on it and we just played it over and over again as we were on leaving uh, the arena we were so excited Bro, about i it. still
2: do that with the damn shinsuke nakamura yeah, theme song well. i just
4: put it on repeat it's <laughs> the best but i was just gonna say like the pandemic uh i sat with my boys who are now 10 and eight and uh i showed them wrestlemania and then we started watching like the network and stuff and they became hardcore fans and who are their favorites so my my older son uh oliver loves goldberg and i know that might piss off some fans now and my middle son (laughs) really yeah he loves goldberg it might be the jewish thing you know he's just <laughs> I don't know, but he loves Goldberg he's a real
2: pull for m j f man MJF. i f I'll tell you something that about is- that in a
4: second, and uh, the middle son loves Roman reigns, so actually, just this morning, sure I, we didn't watch Elimin- elimination chamber just this morning, we finally got to see Goldberg versus Roman reigns after two years of debating who's better, and uh the middle son well, won you got i got it I didn't want to break you know the answer. older son's heart that's like there's no chance this dude is winning, but like you know, he thought for a second uh they are very i am not just i want to make it clear they are very loyal to the wwe brand they are very anti-aew they are oh, they're they like loyal i think it's kids because, pick sides so easy. and i actually, <laughs> i really like aew i like it i mean like that feels like the adult bro stuff right AEW's killing, killing it right i love now. mjf the, as a fellow jew i love the the mjf doing. promo
2: that he just cut oh, about the kid from long amazing. island so i watched this promo and for those who don't know go watch it on youtube And it's MJF talking about how CM Punk was his inspiration and his betrayer all at the same time and the guy's crying during the promo and all the people that boo him and they were even booing him at the beginning of the promo start like checking their feelings and you can see it in the crowd like he's got them wrapped up and he talks about this hero and CM Punk comes out he's like is that true and with no microphone MJF's just like giving him the nod like you you know it's true and he just like walks out because it was all based on this one word Friday Because Punk said, oh, it's just another Friday when you met me. And he shows a picture of MJF as a little boy meeting CM Punk as hero. And then the next week, MJF's promo is just about the one word, Friday. Yeah, Yeah, it was just another day for you, but here's what it was for me. And he's talking about anti-Semitism and and kids throwing quarters at him and and just the most disgusting stuff to where
4: everybody in there is – genuinely feeling sorry for this guy i would argue he's the best heel in the business right now like he is legit when he talked about pillman right like no one does that oh my god people got
2: genuinely mad and then he leaned in on
4: this yes oh my god he is so good i i really love their product i mean i i'm a fan of wrestling and so i believe and i talk about this in mma like i want more options for the boys in the back yeah. as they say so i like when there's competition in fact i say the competition makes the dominant brand work a little harder and and be a little more creative and pull out all the stops so i think AEW's emergence is better for wwe and hopefully you know bellator's emergence is better for the ufc and all that stuff like i think a rising tide really does lift all bro- boats um yeah my man. kids are very anti like when i tell them uh you know this dude like brian danielson goes to AEW, they're like He's dead to us. We're done with him. No, no he, way. He, he he betrayed them. He be, now I think the part-
2: bro. That's how my grandma in Puerto Rico did the but rock. That's cool. She stopped talking to my wife <laughs> oh, because I, I he saw turned I heard that back story. On Yes. people.
4: That's a great story. That's a great story.
2: Your kids did it, they did it too. That means they got. That means wrestling's
4: got. Oh, them. it's great. Here's the thing. Nick Khan used to be my agent, and he's been very nice. You know, when when he went to WWE. That's random. Yeah, he was my agent cr- crazy enough and now he's the president of WWE. So he's, he's been very <laughs> nice to them and he like, you know, sent he, I you know, he knows that they're fans so he like sent them birthday presents and stuff. And so I think and I I actually respect it. They're like, "All right, now we're WWE guys." Like,
2: "Yo, your kids are so mafioso. You know, he he sent
4: them a, which he obviously didn't type, but there's like a note like, "Hey, dear Walter, you know, enjoy your presents from our your your friends at the WWE." And it's like on a little like wwe thing with the letterhead it's it's been now two years and it's like it's um it's taped above his bed and it's like
2: that's from the, i was gonna say the he keeps that longer than the toys yeah yeah
4: he'll keep that yeah, for yeah, yeah so i think that's why they're they're big uh loyalists which i think is cool so it the point is now as a dad and i know you can relate to this to watch this with them as kids you know like to go through royal rumble and all this stuff and to watch it with yeah. them is just been such a freaking joy. Like it is maybe even a bigger fan just to be able to, and now they have the toys and all that stuff. So it's great, man. It's really it brings me back to when I was I, a little boy.
2: We're gonna we're gonna close out on that because that's a really, just sort of great way to look at. It. I was talking to Charlotte the other day, and and you're French Canadian, so you'll appreciate this word. And she was loving it, and she she heard that uh, Cesaro was was leaving WWE, and she felt kind of bad. And I said, don't. I said, this is a literal and figurative renaissance, a rebirth of of the wrestling industry. You're seeing new school guys bring it back to the old school ways like MJF. You're seeing guys on the opposite end of the spectrum like Xavier Woods literally living his gimmick and somehow getting it over. And with all this new business and all these changes that are happening at the big dog, it's a literal rebirth and all these little indie brands are going to come up and I'll tell you something when we stop recording okay. that'll okay. cue you into how much closer I am to what we talked about yes. on your show with my fed. But, um, you guys don't get to come. hear that until later. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate you for coming and doing the show. And, and, uh, and I love you too, man. So everybody, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week on wrestling with Freddie. This has been a production of iHeart's Michael Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your
1: Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hay dos cosas que son
0: absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por tiempo limitado.